Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. And um, I have a really interesting guest with me today and someone that I've met in the last few months. Uh, again, as some of you be familiar with, I've got run a regular professional services forum and Michelle has been a part of that uh, for a little while now. And I thought she'd make a great guest to be on the show because her area of expertise is a little bit different. So I wanted uh, to bring her on and, and let her introduce herself, uh, Michelle. Thanks, Anthony. So my name is Michelle from Aligned Business Consulting. I help dentists and dental specialists who are starting up or have become disillusioned with owning their own practice. My mission is to get you back to what you love to do, which is practicing dentistry. I do this through in-house observations and consultations, and then I work with you and your team to set up systems bespoke to your practice. So you win professionally, profitably and personally. I love the I love the niche uh, in dentistry and we'll get into why dentistry in a little while but I just wanted to to ask you firstly for some initial insights I mean what obviously you've seen a need in the marketplace um, are there that many dentists that are you know got away from what the core of what they love doing because it because it has become a bit you know you really have to think of it as a business it used to be that you could just set up and here's a few things and people would come and that was kind of the end of it but it's not like that anymore is it I think it's always been the same because essentially a dentist they go to university they graduate they go and work for someone and they've always just gone and bought a practice and as you said by the very virtual of what they are they do they are profitable generally but there's all of those issues that come in with it, with your personal relationships at home, with the staff. As you said, I don't think people realise that a practice is a small business or a small to medium business. And it was exactly the same with our practice. So my husband's a dentist. So he just went off and did his own thing. And I was in banking and finance and commerce. And it wasn't until I had our child that he, our first child, that he sort of said, you have to have a look at the books. And I had a heart attack. I thought, how are you going to look after us? Because he was sort of doing his thing and we were going fine when we were both working, but it's very different. And then I went into an orthodontic practice. It was essentially where I, we were 15 years before. And then through, through those continuing education things that you go to with conferences and things, everybody go, oh, our practice doesn't do that. They don't do this. The dentists and the specialists as a cohort together, they get together with good friends and say, oh, running a business is shit. And they go, that's just normal. There's nothing you can do about it. And they don't know what they don't know because they're dentists. And there's no sort of for, for uh, staff or the team, there's no real trajectory to get further except to become a practice manager. So usually what happens is it's a dental assistant or the senior receptionist that become a practice manager, but they don't know anything about running a business either. So all of these things create little roadblocks. And that's what I saw. And I thought, I've already been through that with our practice, with other practices. I've seen it with our friends and things like that. And I thought I wanted to give back to the dental community. And I've just been really lucky to see systems and what really works and what doesn't. And through that continuing ed education that I've had over the last 20, 25 years with everything, um, I wanted to do that. So yeah, it has been the same. Did I rave on a bit? 
<laughs> no, 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 not 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 at not at all. I find it fascinating because I think that um, it's easy to understand that there have been advancements as there are in medicine. There is advancements in techniques and things that dentists use, but there's also advancements in the expectations of how uh, clients respond to things now. So, yes. so you know, we expect there to be some kind of system in place for maintaining appointments. Um, you know, we're all reliant these days on, well, we're going to get a text message to remind us that our dentist appointment is coming up, um, you know, as well as potentially a phone call. But we're also going to, you know, there might be a calendar invite and we're, we're expecting all of these things to happen. And these are, these are add-ons for a small business owner that are away from the core of just fixing your teeth and cleaning your teeth each time. Yes, certainly, certainly things like that technology, there have been advancements and it was really lovely recently. I just went to the dental conference in Melbourne and I, when we used to go to the, the conference and we used to attend the trade show, it was almost, almost about all the dental toys that you could do technology-wise, you know, with Cerex and things like that. Whereas now a lot of those dentists have found things with gaps in the market and they're using, using artificial intelligence and realising it. And it's not necessarily those things either, Anthony. It's about the patient experience. It's about how you show yourself with what you do, with people being genuine, authentic, telling your story. People are loving that now. The millennials, they are just big researchers and they're just not not all of them, obviously. This, I'm, that's a bit of a generalisation. But, you know, a lot of them, they are very technologically savvy and they're on there doing things and they like to be able to connect with that. And even the way you answer the phone, the way you treat the patient, it's the, the whole experience. Experience. And that's just it. A lot of the dental owners now don't realise that that's all part of it. And to have those systems, which aren't necessarily automated, it might be just around patient education. It might be making sure that if you're in, if you're having implants, that you're giving each patient exactly what they need to know, and then that's being sent out to them. And then you're doing a follow up call. It's those sort of systems as well, which is really important. So yeah, definitely the tech, technology side of things that maybe getting left behind and a lot of people do use their practice management systems just as a booking whereas it has so much more on there to be able to learn you know what the productivity is per practice what new patients you're coming in what your conversion rates on all of those sort of things and they don't even realize that you know you need to be looking at that or they might be paying for advertising here and it's just all going out the bottom so yeah lots of things yeah it's it's, it's funny isn't it it's um the the attitudes uh, are so different. I mean, I, I, here's my story. I, I, so my parents, um, when I was very little, was was seeing a dentist, as you do, and that particular dentist, they had a, whatever they called it, a student young dentist that had just joined the practice. Um, they seemed to get along well with him. And he said, I'm going out on my own. And they said, okay, we're coming with you. And um I was just young enough to start going to see the dentist, whatever age that was at, at that time. I don't remember. And I'm still going to the same dentist all these all these years later. I think he could have retired a few times over, but um, uh, with with all of the work, I could joke that with my parents that um, yes, that I think they I think he's they've paid for a few holidays. But um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's that's not as 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 common these days. People do tend to shift around. Uh, a bit and uh, you know you know with my children they've tended to go like through health funds and and other op options that you've got so there there's actually more competition and you actively need to market 
the business a lot more than you ever did because before it was just literally like that word of mouth and you know you set up you you open the door put a sign saying dentist out the front and pretty much people showed up and that was all you had to do but it's not like that anymore really is it no it's not but relationship marketing is still a really big thing for me you know which 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 I believe in and which I've seen works uh with regard to everything with the patient and then the referrals and retention. So, yeah, so it is about attraction, retention and referrals, but it's also about your team. It's setting up those founda- the foundation strategy is what I call it, where you have your mission, you have your philosophy, you have your values, and then they are the core of what you do. Your core values are how you communicate to everybody. And when everybody, your team, your patients know how it all works it's a much happier much more positive experience and I've seen that work for a lot of patients coming in they really just love the vibe of how it's working because it's just such a great experience and you're not having complaints and things like that either so you know like one of the values at a place I was at was honesty and we had a bit of a disaster with the patients like oh what are we going to do and it's like well one of our values is honesty so we're just going to tell them the truth and you know what happened and that we were going to send them to the back to the dentist we needed them to have a look at it it wasn't as bad as we thought but it was really great for the team to see that we dealt with that with the values that we had there and that was so important and it just makes a, a much happier environment as well a positive and it's not about just attracting the right patients that it's attracting the people and that's so important as we know in the society and the economic climate that we're in today yeah it is it's it's um as you say building those relationships is so important and more so than more so than ever and um and and the competition is out there as well i mean i think that's the that's the truth is that is that the you know the there weren't as many dentists back in the day as there are now. There's plenty of there's plenty of options, and there's people coming together. And you know, do you go to a friend? Do you go to someone that that you know? Do you just go to the cheapest? Do you go to the local? What what's the implications of all of those things? Um, it's a uh, it, there's a lot for them to a lot of for, for dentists to think about, and uh, I think that it's it's a mirror image of what happens in a lot of other businesses. I mean, if you if if anyone that's listening at the moment is thinking, well, I'm not a dentist, this is not relevant. But I think that the 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 truth is is the issues that you're dealing with, are, um, whilst uh, you know on on the face of it, are particular to dentists in in the grand scheme of things, are de- are business decisions that that many people in business have to face in day to day, and that need for relationship marketing, that need for having good systems in place. And the need to allow people to focus on what they love doing in the first place. Um, that's perhaps the difference between a, a small business um, who might want to have who might have a person running that small business who ultimately wants to be the CEO and run the business at a distance, even have operations managers and things, and they're not doing the business on a day-to-day. But dentists tend to be in a situation where they just want to get back to being a dentist and and doing what they love as part of that, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever part of that role is that they love the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely well put. It's it's certainly, yeah, so the basics, the foundation strategies, the systemization, the relationships, how you display yourself, that is the same in any industry. Um, but, yeah, I think that's what happens with the dentists. They do unfortunately get caught up. It's like, oh, well, the staff are now telling me when to take holidays. 
Um, the staff are saying we want a pay rise, everyone else has got a pay rise, you know, and then they're not even measuring what sort of income they've got. They're not looking at benchmarks. They're not looking at anything because they're dentists. They're compassionate. They don't like conflict. They have never been, they never got taught anything. I think the School of New Zealand, the Dental School of New Zealand touches a bit on business, but a lot a lot of the universities don't. They just teach you how to be a dentist. And, you know, they're fantastic at what they do. Even they even do the sales interaction in the actual consultation. And they're not salespeople, so they feel really sorry for people because their compassion's like, oh, we'll discount it here or we'll just do, you know, um, rebate only. And they don't even know what rebate they're going. Like somebody might only get $20 back or whatever. So, you know, it's cost them however much and they're just losing money that way as well. But by the very by the industry it is and the people that actually are attracted to become dentists, they're compassionate, they don't like conflict, they're very caring, and that can be detrimental to them as business owners as well. And I think this is a problem that's probably extends into the medical profession in general. I know uh, a number of friends of mine that are uh, that are doctors and some are specialists, and and uh, um, if if there's the one thing that I've heard, and I've one friend who's a who's a surgeon, and much like you. Um, uh, have done with your husband uh, um, his uh, wife has been the practice manager effectively for for them for a number of years and the only gripes that I ever hear about staffing issues and things he's quite happy going into surgery and working all hours of day and night and doing that because he loves it and um, that's what he wants to do and understandably but someone else has had, has to run the business and I think that's the other important thing isn't it because having a practice manager someone who's actually man that you know literally meaning managing the practice um is such an important part because in many businesses that's what the owner business person does so in 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 the case of dentists they're often having to bring someone in to do that for sure. And I think they need to ensure that they've got business management skills in understanding what to look for and they need to make sure that they meet because dentists are also a little bit of a, they're a bit control freaks, sort of. They do like to control the situation, know what's going on. But if you've got those systems in place to be able to track and have meetings and everybody's accountable for where they're at, to know exactly where the business is is really important as well. So I wanted to um, go back a little bit. Um, because obviously you got into you got into this because of your into into the dentistry niche um, because of your husband as you said, but but take me back to what you were, you know you alluded to being in in the commerce side of things. What is that? What you studied originally? Is that was that the original career yeah, path so idea? Yeah, so I've got a I've got a bachelor of commerce and I was in banking and finance in management in banking and finance. And when we had our child, like we did discuss about children, uh, Ross was earning more money than me and it's just like, well, perhaps we'll just look at going on to maternity leave, see how it goes, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I was just talking to our, our oldest daughter last night and I said, we've made, we've made lots of sacrifices by me not working. But then I, when I started working, 
in the business because I, I didn't actually think I would. It was by default of the bookkeeper leaving that I actually even went in there to have a look at it. And then operationally, I sort of, you know, there was no ADA HR. Um, that we, we didn't have a lot of things back then. Thankfully, through my corporate background, I had a lot of the human resources that I'd actually learned from the ANZ Bank because uh, it was very systemized then. So I had an idea of that. So we sort of got all of that up and running, which is obviously a huge thing, making sure you've got your onboarding and your, your documentation, everything right. Marketing, so that was very early stages in the early 2000s. So did the website, all of that sort of stuff. Then said, we've got to do the plan. He's like, you can do the plan because obviously my commerce, it's like, no, I'm not doing the plan. You won't agree with me at all. It's going to be a disaster. Got a third person in. That's when we started systemizing it. I could not be a practice manager and work at the practice. So I was the business manager. So I used to work from home and we got an office manager in to run the day-to-day runnings and the, the staff to manage the staff. And then Ross and I would have a meeting once a month. So we knew the direction of where we were going, what we were doing, and we had measurable KPIs so to speak, to see where we were going. And it was it was really good. So, you know, we didn't talk about uh, the work over dinner or have disagreements with it because we had that set time. And we were like the aeroplane that looked over, looked over it. So we were just sort of flying above, checking it out. And then he was still, he was doing what he was loving to do, which was practising dentistry. So, yeah, so that's how it all started and sort of happened. And, yeah, anyway. So there you go. <laughs> could you could you have imagined that when you sort of embarked on a career that led you to the led you to working for a bank, um, that you'd be niching in something like this? No way, no way. And I mean, it's unfortunate Ross did get sick, and we have we did sell the practices in two thousand and fifteen, and it was really nice going and then working for someone because then I saw it from the other side of managing a practice as opposed to being an owner. So I sort of saw it for both sides, and then. As I said, there's no way when we sold the practices that I would have ever considered doing this. But then in working for the last eight years again and that continuing education and seeing exactly the same, and it's just like, you know what, I want to give something back to myself and do something for me. And it's just been this amazing journey of learning, meeting people like you, you introducing me to other amazing people around. And it's just been so insightful. And I feel I've been on a great self-development journey over the last six to eight months. It's just been fabulous. It's one of the joys of being in small business. It's a constant learning curve, isn't it? We're all learning from each other uh, all the time. I find it find it um, fascinating how often you'll have a conversation. And I, I recorded another episode of the of this podcast uh, yesterday, and, uh, and and I won't spoil it. But the particular guest was telling a story, and um, I found myself relaying that story to a client about you know a couple of hours ago. Uh, as it just fitted perfectly into the discussion we were having. And it's amazing how often that does happen, that you, you're you just constantly learning and relaying these things that you learn along the way. Uh, and we're all benefiting from those experiences. Uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's interesting. What I'm interested in as well is, is how different was it for you in going from working within a structure as, as, as a bank, you're, you're, you're one of very many, um, to being someone who is effectively running the show, um from a from a business point of view how how big a shift was that in your in in the way you were used to working and and what it did for you, for you to do to adjust 
It really was a huge shift, particularly in banking where sales and targets and everything were a big thing. And when I initially sort of went in there, it was just like, well, we've got to measure this and we've got to do that. But that just doesn't work for staff. So, you know, I was on a a really steep learning curve in going into that small business. They, you know, it was a a pretty small team. Um, They got on quite well, but they were at that stage where they were telling Russ what to do. So then it's just the wife coming in, which is really annoying as well. So, yeah, it was very difficult different adapting to going from the corporate world and in the corporate world it's a bit like me now connecting with a whole lot of small business owners in this world is that we can sort of you know do things we can bounce things off each other if we've got issues and in the corporate world it's the same you've got a a big lot of managers and a big lot of you know, associates and everything that you can sort of work with or, you know, you had your own HR department. (laughs) Who wouldn't want that in any small business? Uh, So, you know, yeah, it was a very big transition and and I made mistakes, you know, with, with things I said, we should do this, we should do that because I... It worked really well in a corporate world, but it doesn't work well in a small business, particularly with a small team of, a small team, yeah. So, um, yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine then the other leap that would have been interesting, as you said, you kind of fell in it a little bit by accident initially in in checking out the books with your husband. But once you realised you were going to be in the business, how challenging is that? Because many people do it, but uh, to different degrees of success, how challenging was it to be a husband-wife combination in, in the business and keep that differentiation between personal and private and to to make that and for both of you to feel comfortable in what you were doing because obviously that's particularly early on I imagine that required quite a bit of daily interaction. Yeah, and it was awful. We used to fight and that's when I said to him we've got, so after we sort of got things set up operationally and that's when I said to him we've got to do a plan because of my commerce background. I know that planning, business planning, strategic planning is a really big thing and when we got the plan up, that's when it became much more structured, much much more systemized. That's when we had our monthly meeting and we discussed it then. So we didn't really need to discuss anything because it was all systemized. Everything was working. Everyone knew what they were doing. It was really good. Yeah, I think System- it's it's a big lesson for that, isn't there? I mean, I you know, it's um, I haven't really experienced it. I've I've uh, invited my wife into my business on a few occasions and she's politely declined. Um, but, uh, but even my, my daughter does some work. In fact, she, she's, uh, I should probably mention that she is, uh, one of the, uh, she does the production for the, for, um, BizBite, so amongst other things in the business. And, um, we, we try and, um, differentiate the relationship between what we have as, as, um, you know, father, daughter having, mucking around, having fun outside of, uh, business hours, but during business hours, uh, we try to be a little bit more serious, if, particularly if she's working. She's not working full time. So when she is working, it's kind of like we we hold back on some of the uh, fun jibes and insults that we might have for in all in jest outside of business hours. But it is a it, it is hard to to uh, when one of you has to be the boss as well. I mean, that's the, I think that's the other thing too. Is is there are points when um, it would have been challenging for you to say, well, you're a dentist. This is the business you got to do things this, you, you have to make some decisions and do things this way. That would have created a bit of um, anxiety, I, I guess, on both sides. Definitely, definitely. And that's where the coach was really good. Um, so when he came on and we did the business plan and we it was very much hands-on, which was great. 
uh, Ross was just like, like I was sort of used to that, obviously, just doing things and getting told and saying you've got to do this. So, you know, that's the corporate as well and probably me as well. Uh, but it was really good because he had an understanding of what things were going. But initially we had to have that person with us because otherwise we would just disagree and there was no agreement with things and how to move forward. So, yeah, so that so he he was really good, actually. He was sort of our mediator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine and it's good it's it's and it's good to have come out through the other side of all of that you know i think that's um it is something look my, my parents both worked in in the business my dad was a pharmacist and and my mum worked in the business um sort of part-time and and did that for i don't know how long a long long time um and um you know they managed to keep working uh work and personal separate uh, in doing that, but she wasn't really managing the business as such. My my dad was definitely managing that business as well. Fortunately, you know yeah. he has a fairly good business acumen. But I but I understand um, exactly what the situation is that you're coming in and and helping with. And I, just to finish up, a couple of quick questions for you. And one is is and we kind of touched on it earlier on. But as a marketing person, I'm obviously fascinated by this. I mean, what's the biggest uh, lesson that you think there is as far as marketing is concerned? Um, for the businesses that you're working with? What is the big win that you think that they need to focus on most? So the relationship marketing part of it, them telling their story on social media, them being authentic and genuine, them communicating what their values are. So I found that Facebook and Instagram are a really good way. The way they train their staff with how to answer the phone, the systems they've got to actually set up with everything, even going into the practices, you know, we had a welcome to our newest patients, Michelle and Anthony, and people loved it, you know, and congratulations, this is happening today, you know, things like that. You know, it's often how people feel. It's, you know, you can be told heaps of things, but it's how you feel. So that feeling of being wanted by enjoying to be there, that's a really big thing in marketing, in dentistry. And I think, you know, we've, I think one of the uh, forums talked about AI and, you know, the changes and obviously chat GPT has just been a big instigator in that conversation but at the end of the day it's still about the relationship between the patient you know there's no hybrid necessarily you know there is probably some with which you can do but generally you need to be there for the person to see them face to face to be able to work on them so from a marketing perspective exactly what you do videos is a really big thing having that on your website um saying who you are yeah just even celebrating your successes at work, like if this person's been here for 12 months. Oh, we've had a, it's someone's birthday today. Oh, look what's happened with this patient. You know, those personal things as well as education and, and celebrating day, you know, significant days in the year. That's that's really big as well. So, yeah, but your thing with videos and everything is a, is a very big thing, Anthony. Yeah, that, thank you. And I, I, But I think what you touched on, uh, and all of those things is relevant to just about most businesses. And I think that's the that's that's what I love about having guests like yourself on the program, that even though you may have a niche, the, the truth is there's a lot for, for anyone in business to be able to learn from some of these things. Um, I just wanted to um, finish up with a question that I... I, I I'm asking most most of the people on the on the program as well. Is is there an aha moment that you find your clients are having um, that you kind of, in some senses, wish that they other people knew knew that they were going to get that? That's why they should all come and work with you. Is there something that sort of gets them and go, "Wow, 
Yep, that's the moment where they where you think that they they just get it and and see that you've made a big difference. That's funny, isn't it? Because they all say, "I don't know what I don't know," but most of them have worked in practices. And when you talk about things that you know you want to implement with them, they're like, "Oh, yeah." I can see that. So just say someone employs a dental assistant and it's just like, oh, you're a dental assistant, come and work there, you know what to do. But every practice runs very differently and they don't know. And then I was talking to a dentist the other day and she goes, she she sort of talks to me and she goes, I don't like the fluff. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, the foundations of the fluff as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so I said, okay, I know that you don't want to do this. And she goes, you know what, I just want everyone to be at the end of the day for it to be like family and for everyone to be our friends. And I said, well, that's what we've got to communicate. That's like your values of what you want everyone to be like in the practice. And she was like, was that aha moment? She's Because I said, I know you don't like the fluff. And she goes, but that's true. That's really true. That's what we need to do. And I go, and you, we have to be putting that out everywhere in social media, in the in the reception, along the hallway, in your frames, in the staff room, everywhere. And that was, yeah, so there's aha moments like that where little things that you think are pretty basic but they see it because they've seen it not work at other practices or just that, oh, yeah, that's right. So that's yeah, interesting. I, I think it is, really, it is really amazing and that's why I love hearing about those moments because sometimes you're right, it is those very little things that make a big difference and the power of storytelling is just so huge in business and often underestimated and uh, so it's it's so important that you, you, you're teaching that and I, and I can see the benefit that uh, clients are getting from the work that you're doing. M- Michelle, we could talk for a long more time, I know, but we uh, but um, I wanted to uh, to wrap things up and say thank you so much for being a guest on on BizBytes and always appreciate your insights uh, into the things that we're doing. And uh, we're going to have all of the information on how to get in contact with you uh, on the website and in the show notes for BizBytes. So thank you very much for being a guest on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. I feel very privileged. Thank you. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms, Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.